0: Sister
1: White, we will not fear.
0: The kingdom is alive, the kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll
1: never forget it. Welcome to the Adventist Voices podcast. I'm here with a distinguished member of the Adventist Forum, Charles Scriven. Welcome. I am glad to be here. Glad to be here, Alex. We've been wanting to uh, have this conversation, and I hope it's um, just the first of many. Today we're going to be maybe treating the topic of hermeneutics from an introductory approach, and I know that it's a passion of yours. So could you tell us a little bit about why you care about the Bible
0: Well, I care about the Bible because over the course of uh, uh, the history that has been written since the time the Jews uh, responded to God's initiative, the documents that they produced first in the Hebrew Bible and then the later ones that were produced by their their Christian uh, followers, those documents have had enormous and for the most part tremendously helpful impact on the culture. Let me just remind you that before the Bible came into existence, there was no such thing as the intrinsic value of every individual human being. There was instead the sense that power made all the difference, and that if you had the power, you could treat any human being like an instrument of your own personal goals and satisfaction. The Bible, by saying we're made in God's image, By proclaiming a world in which God cares deeply about creating communities that are the exact opposite of Egypt, the opposite of Egypt, that document has opened the way into a form of, say, politics that is like our small L liberal set of values that uh, dignifies every individual, says that everyone should have a right to uh, at least be a player in the determination of who ro- who rules over us the bible has liberated
1: humanity not directly indirectly through its witness to christ so what i hear you saying is that um you approach the bible because you're you in you embrace the bible let's say because of the ethic that you find there not only in its pages and what it promises but what it has actually done for the history of humanity.
0: That's a huge part of it, but not quite the whole part. I am a great uh, believer in the ethic of Scripture. I have tremendous respect for the uh, history of Judaism, which has continued to emphasize the idea that the mission of people who embrace the Bible is to make the world a more just and equal place. I absolutely believe in that. But I need to put in a good word, too, for doctrine, because any energy invested by human beings in a particular course of action must be motivated it has to be directed where do you get the stimulation to care at all well that stimulation comes from the premises or the assumptions you make as you consider taking action is it worthwhile to take action or is it only tilting at windmills to try to make a difference Uh, is your own worth as an individual such that it matters that you attempt to take action and i think what happens in scripture is that we get a moral vision but we also get this very very helpful and radical idea that there is a grace a power of kindness that underlies all of human existence and that has the power to motivate us to live not only creative lives, but creative and generous lives.
1: Can you unpack that a little bit? Because you are making me excited about the Bible right now, uh, and yet there's some reasons to that. Folks um, approach it with caution. Um, we can talk about the the problematic tensions that surround violence in the Bible. And I'm wondering how you uh, maintain this faith in its power at, while at the same time living with these tensions. How do you approach, I can we say resolve that? Here's what I do. I think of the Bible
0: not exactly as a, a philosophical text in which very smart people, carry on rational arguments with one another the bible is rather a story it's a story of a people who by fits and starts make uh, moves that take them in the direction of what call comes to culmination in the ministry of jesus now along the way these very human people who are experiencing this story turn out to reflect still a lot of the world from which they come which is violence ridden. Sure. So I don't want to extend this particular answer but let me just say this to start and then you can respond. And that is that uh, the Bible story so far uh, from so far as uh, or f- so far from being simply a record of perfectly insightful insights mm-hmm. is rather a record of a people struggling to comprehend. What is required by the God who delivered Israel from Egypt? What does that entail? And along the way, there are lots of misunderstandings, lots of different viewpoints, not all of
1: them insightful. So do I hear you correct in saying that... um it's we're not really harmonizing from a to z from alpha to omega we're actually following a trend and it's not always in the same direction i
0: think that's that's very well i think it's a big mistake to take that harmony metaphor and think that if you just uh, marry all the bits and pieces every chapter every verse you'll get some kind of uh, orchestral masterpiece What happens instead is that the Bible is a record of a long conversation. It's a library of perspectives. It's very much an inspired human document. And God does not make an effort to erase the effects of the human authors who do the writing. So some of them uh, support ideas. To be honest, that are repugnant to Christian conscience today. Some of these writings support, or at least seem to support, genocidal uh, attacks on uh, enemies who are viewed very darkly by yeah. the people of Israel. Yeah. Some of them seem to support, or even do support, ways of regarding women, for example, that just strike us as unjust. Yeah. We've got to take into account that the harmony is not as it were a perfect harmony there is rather a lot of dissonance in the bible and our job is to try to catch the thread that weaves its way through the entire piece of fabric and that finally brings us to the point where in acknowledging the resurrection of christ we say to ourselves this 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 is what it was leading to this is what generates in us our passion and our point of view.
1: I love it. And you've referenced um, the Christ, the revealed word of God, a couple of times in this conversation already. And to me, um, it wasn't until I kind of had this eureka moment that I kind of resolved some of those um, questions for me. Tensions remain, but some of the, Larger questions are gone. And that's because, um, for me, I read the Bible as a record of folks really trying to understand uh, a God that is not incarnate. And with Jesus, there's they're closer to the divine. How, how- I think that's
0: true. And what I want to emphasize now, I mean, I don't think one could be more passionate about the value of Scripture than I am. I absolutely love it from... Top to bottom, including the 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 naughty and uh, horrifying parts, because they're they're illuminating for how uh, uh, the misconception of religion can lead to horror. Yeah, it, it's all profitable for doctrine, profitable for instruction, as Second Timothy says. But I want to emphasize something that my theory about how to read it is based on reading it. It's not something I'm importing from some secular source or for su- from some other demonic source that I shouldn't be paying attention to. I read it closely. I can see, when I look at the Old Testament, that there is debate going on. You've got kind of genocidal power held up as an ideal in some bits and pieces, and then you've got... Uh, prophets like Isaiah or like Micah coming along and envisioning a day when we'll all beat our swords into plowshares. Yeah, incredible. And then you have uh, the story. The stories recorded in the Old Testament. And let me just say that my thesis about how Christ is the lens through which we should uh, view scripture, the criterion by which to judge scripture, the Lord of the scripture, is supported again and again in the Bible. So just to take one illustration for now, Take the transfiguration stories in which the disciples are just amazed to see Jesus in a circle that includes a couple of other prophets, Elijah and Moses. But a voice from, se- from heaven makes it very clear to the disciples. The one you must listen to is Jesus. Hmm. Jesus is granted ultimate authority in the New Testament time and time and t- time again. One other passage, Matthew 28, uh, 19, which is in the Great Commission, All authority is given to Jesus. I am reading the Bible by means of the Bible's own testimony and witness.
1: So you are um, encouraging a type of hermeneutic that is um, Christocentric. Um, Can you expand on how that would be helpful for Adventists specifically? What kind of mistakes have Adventists made? sort of uh traditionally made by ignoring the the revealed word within the word
0: well i think that uh, it's very easy for adventists to this very day to pick out pieces of the bible and turn them into a basis for uh, admonishing us to uh, refrain from for example granting full equality to women or using them as a basis for arguing that the bible's not really about uh the attempt to create societies which are the exact opposite of egypt i give you one little story from my own life i'm a young guy i went to uh, walla walla university which i very much loved i had a teacher we all loved who took me through the hebrew prophets for an entire year and uh this sounds now almost unbelievable but through that entire year we read everything those prophets as uh, a commentary on what it means for me as an individual to have a proper relationship with God there was no conception whatsoever of the idea of justice as a commitment to the bettering of the common human life so i go to the seminary never having realized there was any such thing as a social as social justice And perhaps that's because I had not been taught to read, for example, the Hebrew prophets through the eyes of Jesus' inaugural sermon, where he said very clearly that his mission was to help people who are oppressed. And I run into a teacher we all remember and love named Roy Branson, and he acquainted me for the first time with what I came to understand to be the the social ethic that is as much a part of scripture as any Effort by the scripture to help me develop my individual character. If I had been under the tutelage of someone who read those stories of Jesus, who said it's as important to say, blessed are the peacemakers, as to uh urge us to be ready for the apocalyptic return, I would have perhaps gone back into the Old Testament and read it in a new way. And by the way, let me make one other point. It's equally important, actually, for me to be sure to read the New Testament stories through the lens of the Old Testament story. I don't understand Jesus if I don't understand the Hebrew prophets. I've got to keep them both in a kind of dance Hmm. where there's a back and forth, a give and take, and a kind of a beautiful uh, movement in the direction of deeper comprehension of God.
1: I love that metaphor of the dance. Um, Are you— telling us that uh, the hermeneutic uh, of Christ is like a Texas (laughs) (laughs) two-step.
0: What I'm telling you is uh, that I I want, with every ounce of the energy and passion that I can muster, to uphold Jesus. When the Bible says, who do you say that I am? I want us, I want our most conservative biblical scholars, I want everyone in the pew to say that Jesus is Lord and if Jesus is lord he's lord of the scripture as well as in it but at the same time i don't want us to forget who jesus was and is yeah the jesus we read about in the old testament is a jesus whose only bible was the old testament what we call the old testament his only bible his only bible was the hebrew bible and we can't comprehend him unless we take seriously the hebrew bible otherwise we might if you like, degenerate in our understanding of Scripture into the kind of personal, individualistic privatism that characterizes so much of uh, shallow evangelical theology where it's really the gospel, uh, an attempt to help me Mm -hmm. cope with my issues and assure my survival after death. It's deeper than that. It includes that, but if we neglect to think about the whole range of issues that Scripture calls us to address, we simply
1: betray the gospel. I th- I hear you, and uh, I feel like the language of that we hear so often of my personal relationship with Jesus um, is is really just a part of the grand vision that's revealed in the Gospels where Jesus is over and over forming relationships with people to connect them to others and especially the marginalized, the downtrodden. What do you do with Paul?
0: Oh, I celebrate Paul. Um, Remember that uh, Paul, well, let's just say this. We've got to understand here that there's been a shift of paradigms with respect to the understanding of Paul's uh, uh, corpus of writings. Back when Desmond Ford was a very, very influential person with Adventism, many, many commentators on the writings of St. Paul, on Romans and Galatians, understood those writings to address the question of the pain that i feel as a result of my personal shortcomings Mm -hmm. Uh, we are all human we all have that experience you know we all i take the subject of sex we all one way or another are kind of ashamed of ourselves (laughs) uh, on that front sure and uh, the gospel was supposed to uh, enable us to overcome those bad feelings through the assurance in the gospel of forgiveness of personal sin sure But now, in the years since the uh, most influential period of Desmond Ford's uh, theological uh, kind of leadership among us, scholars have come to realize that what Paul was fighting was resistance to the idea of taking the Gentiles into the community as equal with the Jews. He was resisting the idea that there can be distinctions of privilege Hmm. as between slave and free, male and female, Jew and Gentile. Those were the issues. How do you create a community in which the Jews are welcoming of Gentiles and in which uh, people come together as a new community of equality and justice? Lots and lots of the best New Testament scholars are now saying that the former individualistic, privatistic paradigm, which kind of focused on introspective conscience and all these worries we have about whether we're good enough to go to heaven, Mm -hmm. that needs to be seen as part of what is indeed a Pauline gospel of social revolution, social cohesion. We are all equally sinful, we are all therefore equally in need of Christ. There is no basis for any distinction based on biology or ethnic background or language. We are all in trouble and we are all beneficiaries of grace, all equally. That was a radical social vision and it doesn't take you long to figure out that that vision itself uh underscores these ideas that came in time to underger- undergird liberal political systems that grant uh full respect to every solitary human being
1: that's a great place to end this for now, I've been, I feel like I've had um, some revelations and I've been inspired by what you've said. We'll definitely have to do this again. Will you come back and talk more about this with me?
0: Well, I love to talk about the Bible and I very much enjoy the opportunity to uh, share a conversation with you. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yes, I knew Sister
1: White. We will not fear.
0: The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never
1: forget it.